All right, everybody, welcome in for the uh, pilot episode of Fat Boys Fantasy Football. My name is Bo Finley. I'm here with uh, Brant Walker. Uh, we're just a couple of guys who have gotten together and become really good friends over the years uh, through the mutual love of football and even more specifically fantasy football. Uh, we've both been doing fantasy football for 10 plus years, um, playing leagues, whether it be competitive leagues, just for fun, money on the line, no money on the line. Uh, we've both co-commissioned and commissioned several leagues on our own, uh, do a lot of research in the offseason, and we've just decided uh, here recently that we wanted to share some of our knowledge and, uh, and, and get a, a podcast going where we could discuss some things that we may think may help people. Um, hopefully you enjoy some of our insights. And again, welcome to the pilot episode. Uh, Walker, you got anything you'd like to add? Yeah, this is, like I said, we're just here to spread some knowledge. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, it's just something we enjoy doing is talking football. So without further ado, we're going to get into the pilot episode. We're going to talk about the first three weeks of the season, your biggest disappointments, biggest surprises, names that nobody would have thought of that came out of nowhere. I drafted rookies that my boy here, Finley, definitely already knew um, coming out. Um, well, let's get into it. Let's talk about some disappointments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. I traded for Kenyon Drake in the, in, prior to the season starting. Uh, we don't need to discuss what I gave up because it was not very bright as of right now. Alvin Kamara. Uh, to, <laughs> yours, right now. to yours truly. Um, as of right now, it was not the greatest. Uh, I mean, he's the potential's there. He's... You know, he's getting the snaps. He leads his team in snap percentage. He has just as many carries as Elliott. He's just not getting the targets. All the targets seem to go filtered straight into Hopkins. Uh, Walker, one thing I'd add, too, um, for anybody listening who either is thinking about getting Drake or has Drake, um, I'd hold on to him for a few more weeks. Um, The reason behind me saying that is, I totally agree with you, the volumes there. And one thing you look for in a fantasy guy that you want to own is a high volume guy. Why? Because that means there's a low low floor. The guy's going to go out and he's not going to put up zero points for you. He's not going to be um, a Will Fuller in years prior where you started Will Fuller and either Will Fuller hit and went for 50 points or Will, Will Fuller got you zero. Or what happened to me last year, I owned Mike Evans. Mike Evans was a guy you couldn't sit. One week he'd go for 50 points, the next week he'd get me zero. Um, Kenyon Drake's not going to do that to you. He's going to be consistent. He's going to get the work. Um, The one thing you'd like to see come back, obviously, is the receptions. Uh, Right now he's not getting those because it seems that uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are uh, extremely excited and ready to shove the fact that they have DeAndre Hopkins in Bill O'Brien's face, who practically gave Hopkins to them for nothing. It's like a new Christmas uh, toy that just unwrapped. New Christmas toy, and uh, Hopkins is definitely putting in work. Don't get me wrong; he's he's making the most out of his targets. He's making the most out of his uh, his opportunities. But in order for Arizona, especially in that division, uh, being a Seahawks fan as you are, you know that division's tough. They're going to have to establish the run at some point. Um, and I, again, right now, uh, Kenyon Drake is sitting at twenty third in the rankings in standard formats and twenty eighth in PPR. That is very um, opposite of, of what his 2.03 ADP suggested he would do this year. But the volume's there. He's just not finding the end zone, and he's not finding the targets right now. So I wouldn't give up on Kenyon Drake just yet, especially uh, it's almost like I'm talking straight to you here, Walker. Uh, I know you've got him. You've thought about trading him in the past. I think he's a guy you got to hold for another couple of weeks. If it doesn't improve after a couple of weeks, then maybe start shopping him. But, again, at this point with what he's doing, what you're going to get in return for him 
is not what you should be getting and not what you're willing to take for him. Once you, once you get into the division, they're going to have to spread that ball out. If they don't, Seattle, San Francisco, they will target their number one. They're going to cover up. You're, and you're talking about two teams that have very strong cornerbacks. Uh, Richard Sherman, even though he's getting up there in age, can still lock down a number one. Well, he is on the IR. You're correct. Good call. Um, but but either way, before that happened, Sherman was a guy that can go on and cover a DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, what is it? Shaquille Griffin? Shaq Griffin can go cover a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and limit his touches. Especially with Jamal Adams now being over the top. Barring his groin injury, hopefully he comes back to us. We definitely need him. Um, so let's get into another running back here that – Honestly, we're gonna go into Joe Mixon. If, if you're playing Dynasty, you gotta hold this kid. He's in a, he's in a brand new system, no off season, new quarterback, young quarterback who's been killing it, been a stud. He's you know no off season. He come out the targets zero touchdowns is the biggest thing. Mixon's not getting in the end zone. Burrow wants to push the ball downfield right now. Once he gets comfortable with that offense, I think Mixon gets back involved. Remember the second half of last year's season. He blew up. That was right after, you know, a lot of people ended up shipping him off. He blew up, helped other teams win championships. So, I mean, Joe Mixon is definitely somebody I would hold on to. Another one, though, if he continues to disappoint, you're talking you're never going to get the return on him. You better hope that he does do something if you want to ship him. But Mixon, it, it... Again, uh, Walker, I'll add um... – one thing you said that I definitely agree with wholeheartedly is the zero touchdowns. That is what's dragging down Joe Mixon right now. It's the same thing that's that's playing Kenyon Drake. Uh, Drake's just found the end zone once, which is obviously making his numbers look a little bit better. Um, the one thing that Mixon has going for him right now that Drake doesn't is Mixon has been involved in the passing game a little bit. Um, you know, week two he had four receptions for 40 yards. Um, again, he had three targets this last week. He only caught two of them 16 yards. But the, the, the totes are there. He's got 19 totes week one. He's got 16 week two. He's got 17 week three. The problem is the yards that he's putting together with those carries are non-existent. You're talking 3.6 yards per carry week one, 2.9 week two, and again, 2.9 yards per carry in week three. Those are not RB1 numbers from a guy you drafted to be a possible RB1, RB2, high RB2 on your team. You want somebody who's going to go out and hang – 100 yards on that many carries, whether it be 100 total yards with receptions or 100 rushing yards, and you want him to find the end zone. Again, Joe Mixon's a guy, Walker hit it beautifully. You cannot sell at this point, regardless of what format you're in, because you're not getting your value back for him. Right now, you're going to get a guy, you're tr right now, you'd be trading a guy in Joe Mixon that wouldn't be a flex start for most people if you took away his name and just put the, the, the volume and the workload out there. He'd be a flex start for some, not everybody. And that's what some people are going to try to buy him at that point where his, his value's diminished, non-existent. Others are going to want to, uh, to avoid him altogether, just like you're trying to possibly sell him. He's, he's a guy that's ranked 40th in standard, in standard leagues, 39th in PPR. So it's just – Right now, it's just not there, but the Cincinnati team's going to put it together. That's that's an up-and-coming team. I young line. Young line. I, t I totally see Cincinnati possibly doing what Arizona did last year, being an 8-8 eight eight team somewhere in that neighborhood, um, putting up points as the season got on and the offense started gelling. It's going to happen for the Cincinnati team. Again, rookie quarterback. 
who has all the talent in the world. Ride or die. He's 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 just got to to figure it out. And uh, Zach Taylor's got to find a way to get Joe Mixon in the end zone. This is and we're we're gonna jump into a wide receiver now. Uh, outside of Joe Mixon, it's the same team. We're gonna talk about AJ Green. Now this will be a good conversation to listen to. AJ Green has the volume. He's got 28 total targets on him. Now he's just not catching it once again. Young QB, still getting used to it. How it goes, we'll see. But as of right now, he's being overthrown. He's been targeted. His targets did go down a little bit last week. Uh, he only had six targets last week. Uh, once again, T. Higgins did step up, so did Tyler Boyd. AJ Green is another name. He's he's hard to sit name base, um, but watch that chemistry grow. AJ Green is in, in, in all formats. Go try to buy him low. I think once he hits, he's gonna hit. He's going to blow up. He'll be uh, low tier wide receiver one possibly. Um, obviously, don't go sell the house for him. But if you can get him low, you can get him off somebody that targets him there. He's got twenty eight. He's nine less than Hopkins, and you see what Hopkins can do. You see what Keenan Allen did with all those targets, and Justin Herbert, who absolutely loves Keenan Allen right now. But AJ Green's going to be a back up there. He's going to get back. You got to remember he missed all last season, no off season. It's it's gonna it's gonna have to pop. Also, I, I, I the, the twenty eight targets sticks out to me. Um, Walker and I actually had a decent little debate last week. Obviously, not through a podcast. Um, about the AJ Green, AJ Green uh, situation, um, I'm a guy who I see volume, and volume to me means possible success. Means there's a lot of potential. Um, has it been empty volume to this point? Yes, it has because with all the targets he's got, uh, significantly less amount of catches than what you would expect from a guy uh, like AJ Green. Um, but again, he does have the 28 targets, and 28 targets through three weeks may not sound like a ton. But the number one receiver in fantasy football right now is Calvin Ridley, and he only has 35 targets through three weeks. So you're talking seven targets more for the number one overall fantasy uh, wide receiver, and that's a guy who Matt Ryan's been looking to almost exclusively. Um, so Joe Burrow has has the eyes for A.J. Green at this point. It's just the two of them getting it in sync, and you're going to see A.J. Green put up some 30-point games this year if that happens. Um, he's definitely an, another name that if you end up getting on your squad or you drafted and you play it the right week, he's, he's going to help you win a championship. He's going to take a team uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a leader, as a guy who's been there, who's done that, and that Cincinnati offense, he's going to help those younger guys as well. It's only going to make Joe Burrow better having a guy like A.J. Green around. Uh, and once A.J. Green and, and Joe Burrow get in sync, they're going to light up the scoreboard. It's going to be fun to watch in Cincinnati. Young team, they're going to be definitely future. Future, they're going to be fun. They're definitely going to be fun. Um, so let's get into surprises. Let's talk about surprises. Let's jump straight in I, to uh, Mr. Robinson yeah, himself. Walker, I'm going to have to take this one from you, uh, just because this is a kid that I I just want to announce I did take it before you in the waivers. Walker <laughs> did end up getting James Robinson before me uh, on the waivers. I was kind of sleeping on it a little bit just because of how far down on the depth chart he was. Um, but nonetheless, James Robinson, um, the reason I'm, I'm so high on James Robinson is because he went to a little small school 30 minutes down the road, Illinois State University in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. Uh, the kid had a great collegiate career there. 
Number two uh, in rushing overall. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just, he was just fantastic in college. Um, he's a guy who went undrafted, signed with the Jags. Um, I, I, I was high on him, but not overly high because he had Leonard Fournette sitting on top of him, who, let's be honest, nobody ever expected Leonard Fournette to relinquish that. Um, nobody ever expected Leonard Fournette to relinquish that backfield. Um, but a trade happened. Uh, insert James Robinson, and through three weeks, James Robinson has been an absolute stud. Um, currently, he sits ranked fourth in standard formats, fifth in PPR. Um, and bear in mind, folks, his ADP was that of a 14th round uh, draft pick. Um, week one, he came out, had 16 rushes, 62 yards, 3.9 yards of carry, one reception for 28 yards. You're sitting there watching that game, and you're going, oh, man, this is a guy I should grab off of waivers. You know, but I don't know if I can start him. I just don't know if I can trust that Jacksonville offense. I get it. I understand. Uh, then week two rolls around. He comes out. He rushes for 16 or 16 attempts again for 102 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. Finds the end zone week two uh, on the ground. He also has three receptions for 18 yards. Now you're sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. Is this undrafted rookie that good? Is it the Jacksonville Jaguars offense that's that good? No, stop it. It's not the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. You we got, saw that this week. You got three guys that are relevant in Jacksonville right now. It's James Robinson, Garner Minshew, and DJ Shark. Outside of that, there's no relevance. It's not the offense. It's James Robinson. And he came out week three and absolutely balled out. 11 rushes for 46 yards, 4.2 yards to carry, two tutties on the ground, six receptions, 83 yards. Start this man. If you have him sitting on your bench, put him in your lineup. He's a guy that you could set in your lineup and forget he's there. He's going to get you the points. If he's on your waivers, what are you waiting for? Snatch the dude up. If he's sitting on your bench, get him in your lineup. He's a guy you have to play. He's a guaranteed flex star. Guaranteed. We made a mistake in one of our co-own leagues that we left him out this past week. The dude sat on the bench with 20-plus points. Don't remember the exact amount. He is a guaranteed low-end RB2 high-end flex. If he's not in your lineup, he has to be in your lineup. This kid is going to ball out, especially we saw the volume is there. The volume will be there with or without Shark. Now, the 11 carries in that last week was due to the fact that they got behind the Miami Dolphins. So, James Robinson, put him in your lineup, set it, and forget it. Yeah, absolutely. He's another guy you're not going to – he's he's a, he's a guy you're not going to want to take out of your lineup, which brings me to the next guy that I don't think you can ever take out of your lineup, even if he happens to have a bad week uh, coming up. He hasn't yet. It's my boy, Calvin Ridley. Um, I, I, I think I stole him in the draft this year in the fourth round. Um, dynasty startup. Dynasty too. startup, too. Um uh, wasn't necessarily a guy I was super high on in that round, but I wanted to own a piece of my Falcons, a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan here, by the way. Uh, it's a guy I wanted to own in my Atlanta offense uh, just for the future. Uh, and the dude is number one in standard scoring formats. He's number one in PPR. Again, uh, absolute stud so far. Uh, the reason he's a stud so far, though, is don't get it twisted. Even as an Atlanta Falcons fan, he's found the end zone four times in three weeks. That adds to it. But he's also – had 12 targets week one, nine receptions, 130 yards. Week two, 10 targets, seven receptions, 109 yards, two touchdowns. Week three, 13 targets for only five receptions, 110 yards. The dude's putting in work. He's another one you can set in your lineup and forget he exists. Don't field trade offers for him. It's not worth it. Dude's putting up points. Leave him there. The, the, and once again, the five receptions out of week three, remember he then drew the number one corner because Mr. Julio Jones sat out. Uh, Julio Jones is—he's um, obviously going to draw the number one corner. Just 
namesake alone, but Ridley is going to ball out. He will be top five by the end of the year. There's no doubt about it. With or without Julio, Matt Ryan is just launching that ball around the field. It's all about Julio Jones. Sorry, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yeah, Calvin. It's easy to get the two of them mistaken. They're both really good at their craft. So uh, another, I, I'm going to stay with the wide receiver position and talk to talk about a guy that you were fortunate enough to snag, um, Alan Lazard out of Green Bay. Um, complete shock to the world. This dude's ADP at the end of the at the end of drafts was the 12th round, eighth pick in the 12th. Let me tell you where this guy sits at in fantasy formats. This is going to be news to me. I haven't done much research. I did snag him. Uh, Alan Lazard in standard formats is your wide receiver number seven currently. In PPR formats, he's your number 10. Um, let me break you down through the weeks a little bit here. Um, week one, obviously, Devontae Adams was playing in week one, so the numbers are somewhat low. Four targets, hauled all four of them in for 63 yards and a tutty. Week two, five targets, three receptions, 45 yards. Last week, um, this is the week that's that's where he really took off. Um, Aaron Rodgers is starting to become uh, having a lot of trust in the guy, um, especially why Adams is out. But obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been hurting for a wide receiver too for for a while now. Um, prior to the season, I thought it may be Devin Funchess. A lot of people thought that when they signed him that he may have a big impact. It's Alan Lazard, guys. Week three, eight targets, six receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown. I don't see there being much regression when Adams comes back because, let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that once he trusts you, he trusts you fully. Adams is still going to get that work. He's going to be the number one in Green Bay. Uh, Alan Lazard is not going to step on Devontae Adams' toes. But Alan, Alan Lazard is going to be a guy who finishes as a high wide receiver two um, range at the end of the year as long as he keeps getting a few targets a game because same situation as Calvin Ridley. Um, Devontae Adams is going to draw the number one corner the same way Julio Jones will. It's just going to happen week in and week out, which leads Alan Lazard to having less tight coverage. Um, they moved the dude around in, in, in uh, format or uh, formations. Excuse me. He plays the slot. He plays out. He's a guy I completely slept on when Walker picked him up in the waiver. I don't know if you picked him up in the waiver of the draft. Either way, uh, it was something that made me scratch my head because I'm like, what in the heck's going on here? Uh, I know my boy does a lot of his own, does a lot of research. We usually share a lot of things. I wasn't in on the same thing uh, the way he was with Alan Lazard. Uh, Alan Lazard's another guy that you're going to want to plug into your lineup, especially why Devontae Adams is out. Aaron Rodgers. Uh... Went up to back for this kid last year and told him to get him in the lineup. So Aaron Rodgers had trust prior to this kid hitting, hitting, the, hitting the field. He's definitely, definitely high end. If you're good at receivers, he's guaranteed to help you get a nice trade through. I would hold on to him. He's, like I said, going to be the number two in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is uh, sending a big, uh, why did you draft another quarterback when I'm still here to that whole team? Which, another one you got to keep in the lineup. We've talked about the Falcons. I'm a diehard Seahawks fan. If you got DK and you got Tyler Lockett, as long as Russ is cooking, you set, you start up, you forget about it. Tyler Lockett's been on point all year. Um, DK has stick with your Hawks offensive players. Careful with Chris Carson, though. I don't see them going back to that run game at all. That line is hurting. If you watch any Seahawks game, they are creating the pocket for Russell. To cook, 
Start your off. Let, let me just uh, one little dig at you that I've got to make because it's hard for me as a Falcons fan taking any digs at folks right now. Uh, but can somebody teach DK not to celebrate until he crosses the goal line, please? That one uh, hurt. Fantasy owners had to be extremely mad at DK after that one. I'm sure Hawks fans were even more upset. They won, but that's points taken away from fantasy owners of DK. Uh, hold on to the damn ball until you cross the goal line, DK. Come on, you're better than that. That would have been touchdown number two to win the game. But instead of touchdown number one, DK, hold on to that damn ball. Now, let's get into – let's talk about some amazing years. Russell Wilson, prime example, amazing year. Is he going to keep the pace? I don't believe he will. I believe he will finish as top three quarterback in the NFL, fantasy-wise. God, please let him get an MVP vote. Please let the man get an MVP vote. Russell Wilson will continue to cook. The, Haw the Hawks will continue to throw the ball. Once again, you guys are hearing it here first. Uh, I'm going to go on record and say Russ Cooks. Russ is winning an MVP this year. Patrick Mahomes, who, uh, just kidding, Patrick Mahomes is an outright stud. But Russ is cooking right now. Which did Russ, Thomas Walter Kling bench Patrick Mahomes this week? Uh, no, he did not. He started him this week. He did not start Kyler Murray in that league of record against us. Oh, oh, you're talking about McCone. He, uh, he did start Patrick Mahomes in uh, – to the dynasty. I'm not sure he has Patrick Mahomes in the other one. I'll have to dive into it. He may I, have traded. I'm pretty sure Gellner has him in that one. Check. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Patrick Mahomes is cooking, just not on the level that Pat, that Russell Wilson is. Russell's got a great supporting cast uh, there in Seattle, and Pete's finally letting Russ do Russ things, which again, like Walker said, Carson, nah, don't know if the, the, the groundwork's going to be there for the guy. Uh, he's one if I own. Uh, I'm going to have to keep in my flex because the potential for him to catch passes from us is still there. Um, Dynasty League, if you're holding on to Chris Carson, Dynasty League, go out, get DJ Dallas, put him in your taxi squad, and he's on your waivers. He has been a healthy scratch. He was very impressive in camp. They loved his pass catching ability. Russ Cooks, DJ Dallas is going to find that field. DJ Dallas is very elusive, very good pass catcher. Go get it. Put him on your taxi. I've sat with him all year. Him and Anthony McFarland, I've got high hopes for both of them. Uh, DJ Dallas, like I said, he's he's the cuff of the future if you're in a dynasty league. Um, let's go out. Alvin Kamara, who saw that happen? Who saw that? He started out the whole year not knowing if he was going to report to camp, missing camp, getting injections, uh, epidural. Epidural, yeah. He started out. We didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I went out and I shipped him. As I shouldn't have watching this season, but Alvin Kamara, that's Drew Brees is showing he can't throw the ball down the field right now. So Kamara with a bunch of dump offs. Alvin Kamara is going to be amazing year. He's going to win you a championship probably, especially if we're already sitting with Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler. Yeah, um, I'll, you know, just to speak on that a little bit as the as the man who happened to receive uh, Alvin Kamara and said trade that was aforementioned here earlier. Um, I, I owned Alvin Kamara all year in, in several leagues last year and couldn't stand the man. Um, let a lot of people down last year, just didn't put the work in. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, Breeze and, and Thomas had an incredible connection last year. Uh, but Alvin Kamara is the guy, especially with CMC missing time, Barkley done for the year. Kamara is on track to be the RB1 at the end of the season. He's going he's gonna to do that as long as the volume and the work continues, uh, barring any injuries. Uh, Kamara is, guys, he, he's he's got to be in that mix for the top-tier running backs. 
he's been disrespected not only by everybody and me included. Um, I would have said the big three was Zeke, Barkley, and CMC. It's got to go back to the big four now. Alvin Kamara has, has fully inserted his name. Yes, I understand it's three weeks, uh, but the, the guy is just – he's finding ways to get himself involved, and uh, he's scoring you points. He's somebody that you have to – you have to, again, plug him into your lineup. You're going to forget he exists except for his bye week, and you're going to deny every trade offer you get for him because at this point he's your number one scoring fantasy player. He is doing this year so far – what Christian McCaffrey has done in years past that has made Christian McCaffrey the number one overall fantasy back. If Kamara keeps this up next year in redraft leagues, he's going to be the number one board off or back off the board. Um, it, it, guys just playing. Uh, I don't see his, I don't see him having any kind of scoring regression when Michael Thomas comes back because breeze has again shown that he can't get the ball downfield. Uh, whether that's because of lack of time from the offensive line and not being able to say it, or if it's just due to the fact that Father Time's undefeated. Uh, it, it Alvin Kamara, he's the guy this year. So we're going to wrap up. we got about five minutes. We're going to wrap this up. So let's talk about expectations. Coming back with CMC and Michael Thomas, this is going to go for both of them. They're both out for a few weeks right now, ankle injuries. Remember what happened. Kamara was an ankle injury last year. Look what he did. He was a disappointment. He still finished okay. Obviously not doing Kamara things. We're seeing Kamara things this year. Uh, your expectations, you got to limit them. CMC, he's on a team that's losing right now. Um, I don't see him getting the full-blown work volume that he has. Why would they put that put their franchise back at risk? Lower your expectations for CMC. Once again, dynasty stuff like that, you can't field an offer for a man like that unless you're dire need of win now and you need some backs. Michael Thomas is going to come back out. He will probably do Michael Thomas type things, but still, once again, lower your expectations. He's going to get the targets. It's going to be about the speed and how he how he comes comes out of that. It's you got to see. Obviously, namesake, you cannot bench a CMC or a Michael Thomas. But lower your expectations. Make sure you know what you're starting. Know that they're not going to hang those numbers. Michael Thomas is going to have even if he wasn't uh, hurt. Um, early on this season, he was going to have a little bit of regression. He broke an NFL record last year in receptions, guys. Um, probably a record that won't be touched for many, many years. Unless Kamar does this year. <laughs> good good chance. No, uh, no all, all jokes aside, Michael Thomas had a phenomenal year last year. Um, again, he broke the NFL record for receptions. There was going to be a natural regression this year without the injury. The injury now um, – I think we'll make that regression more so. He's still going to finish as, as a top top tier receiver. Um, he's still going to come back and be a guy you can't sit. It's not going to be a matchup based play. He's going to be a guy if you have him on your lineup, you're going to play him. Um, but like Walker said, lower your expectations. Drew Brees isn't who he was last year, obviously. Um, and we'll see what Michael Thomas comes back and looks like after his injury. Um, but but do lower expectations on him as well. Um, you know, I, I think the same can be said for, for Devontae Adams to an extent. Yes. Um, dealing with that hamstring. Julio Jones, uh, same way Julio Jones is dealing with that hamstring. For for tall, long-bodied receivers, guys, a hamstring could be a very long Kenny lingering. Galladay just yeah. came back. Now, Kenny Galladay did come back. He balled out when he did first come back. Um, hamstring kept him out a couple weeks. So, make sure you guys are definitely watching your lineups. Definitely watch your Julios. Watch your Adams. Those hamstrings are big this year, especially with no offseason. Workouts were down, no preseason. A lot of them are pulling them hammies. Let's make sure you guys are really keeping an eye on them. Make sure you're up on game day, too. 
But, uh, you know, uh, one thing I'll add here, Walker, uh, before we get done is, uh, you know, um, it is 2020. Uh, as, as much as that makes me grimace to say and as much as people hate hearing it, um, COVID's still around. So next episode, we're going to get into a little bit of the impact that COVID can have on your fantasy. Um, we're going to talk about, um, you know, the difference between one quarterback and another on the same squad with the same team, same players, the uh, the impact that a, a Nick Foles taking over Chicago or uh, Herbert taking over the Chargers can, can do to a team. Um, stay tuned. Listen. Li- uh, wait for next week's episode, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the first uh, pilot episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy uh, Podcast. We hope you enjoy this as much as we've enjoyed doing it. Uh, make sure you give us some feedback, whether it be good, bad. Tell us things we need to work on, things we did well. We definitely enjoy hearing it. Uh, Walker, you got anything you'd like to definitely, add? Definitely. We just enjoy up? talking football, so we're going to continue to hopefully put out at least one a week. We're going to you know, give us all the feedback you can. We'll see how this goes. Uh, thanks for tuning in.